0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman, alongside my tag team partner Matt Story. And if you're following us on Twitter at Ben and Matt Pod, you may have seen that we're almost trying to coax a sponsor. Not really a sponsor, so much <laughs> as just we've embraced a product in Dave's Doghouse in Tempe because we love it, and they invited us to do That's a right. podcast live from their patio on the Tempe campus. Which will happen as soon as I am back in Phoenix, which might be a while.
1: I was going to say, I'm, I'm ready in time. Um, but yeah, you got to come back to Tempe. So, you know, you tell me when, I'll be there.
0: Yeah, that's 100% my fault. But uh, thanks to the guys at Dave's who uh, sent us that. And we will take you up on it. So don't think that yes. I'm going to forget
1: this. Um, Sounds good. Yes, yes.
0: But we're about to do something that the public thought we would never get to do, Matt we're going we're going to talk NFL quarterback draft prospects for the record on this podcast.
1: I know, I know that's the beauty of of being an independent as I am now.
0: Yeah. You have you are you are bound to no team, you can say whatever you think. Um and how we're going to do this is we're going to open with a discussion on uh what we've agreed is the consensus top 5 quarterbacks although I'm not sure that I'm willing to agree that they should be the consensus top five. So that would be Mitch Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Deshaun yes. Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Kaiser, and Davis Webb of Cal, formerly Texas Tech.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be the five guys that are getting first slash second round buzz. Um, you never know if there's a surprise, obviously, but I, I – I, I bet those will be the first five quarterbacks taken in some order.
0: I just don't think true. I I don't think that any of them are that good and truly don't think that, uh, that Davis Webb belongs in that conversation. I think that he's. I don't either.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think um, I agree. Yeah. I, you know, I, I went to the kill game this year and, and I saw a quarterback who just, you know, I'm not saying he looked bad, but, I remember watching the game and thinking, I just don't see anything real special in this guy. Now, it was only one game, um, but, you know, seeing what he did at Texas Tech and seeing what he did in a year at Cal, you know, I left that game thinking, this is a guy who goes, you know, somewhere on day three as kind of a, uh, you know, a, a long-term backup, maybe, maybe becomes something, but probably not. But apparently there are some people who are pretty pretty high on him, or at least that's, you know, again, you never know what the draft what's true and what's not in these days, but he's getting some buzz. Um, I don't think he's as good as those other four, uh, but, you know, there might be a team out there who, who does.
0: I mean, that's the thing about the draft is all it takes is one team who thinks a guy is great. And then you wind up with five guys going in the first round because everybody's got to get their guy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes there's got, I mean, I, I go back to 2011 when, you know, we thought Cam Newton and Blaine Gabbert were the first-round prospects, and then all of a sudden, Jake Locker went number eight, Christian Ponder went number 12, and you had four quarterbacks go at the top 12, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. So, now that was a weird year with the lockout, and, you know, teams hadn't been able to sign free agents and stuff like that, but um, it was an ultimate example of, you know, I don't think many people thought Christian Ponder was a first-round pick, and then he ended up going not only first round, but number 12 overall, I believe.
0: Sam Steele thought that. And now they're married and yes, they have he a did. kid. So. Yes,
1: yes. And 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 I was gonna say, you know, as I say, not many people thought he was. Time has kind of shown probably shouldn't have been. Um, along with Jake Locker and along with Blaine Gabbard. That that uh, did not turn out to be a great haul for the first round. And this draft could end up that way. I, I think there's a, a pretty high bust potential for most of these guys. Um, but there's all you know, it's it's boom or bust, as they say, I think. You know, I I see the upside in guys like Kaiser and, and Mahomes, but I think there's also a pretty big downside potentially.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing that we're talking about here is if there had been a Cam Newton in this class or, or somebody who was a clear-cut number one and all of these guys mm-hmm. were bumped down one or two spots, then it makes yeah. a lot more sense. But the problem is everybody who, you know, by everybody I mean the Cleveland Browns, who feels like they right. have to keep taking quarterbacks in the first round to to make the pick worthwhile? Yeah, you you gotta hope because you know, look I, of this group, and we can get into the breakdown. Watson's the winner. Trubisky's the guy who, on paper, you think is the right, you know, right. build or right. whatever. I I don't know. I'm not excited about really any of them. Pat Mahomes has got a big yeah. arm. Kaiser's tall, yes. you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Kaiser and Mahomes guys who you, you kind of, you, I mean, they're different players, but kind of the same thing. Where you know, you see the you see the skill set is definitely there with both of them, you know. And they're they're both good athletes. They both have big arms, you know. I mean, and 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 it doesn't take much to imagine them being pretty good if they land in the right spot and and have the right time to develop. And I think that. That's a theme of this year too is, you know, of these top four that we're talking about, there's not one senior. Um, And so, you know, you're you're looking at guys who probably need a little bit of time. Now, I will tell you, I like Deshaun Watson a lot. Uh, Part of me wonders what I'm missing and why Deshaun Watson isn't the head and shoulders number one quarterback like we've seen in past years with a guy like Jameis Winston or a guy like Cam Newton or Andrew Luck or whatever it may be. Uh, I – I don't see the downside potential with him. Uh, is he a guaranteed success? No, nobody's a guaranteed success. But I, if I had to bet on somebody, I would, I would bet on him.
0: I mean, I'm with you in that. I would put Watson one, just because he wins, and on some level. Yeah. That matters to me, especially with yeah, a quarterback. I mean, um, you know, North Carolina under Trubisky has been fine, but remember, Trubisky sure. couldn't win the job outright last year from a guy who got cut from the pract- uh from the Packers right. and didn't make their practice right. squad. Uh, yeah, and then you've got yeah, I mean, a
1: one-year starter and 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 two other guys who were coming off, you know, losing seasons in their last year. So yeah, no doubt when you look at, at win loss, Deshaun Watson is clearly the the guy you'd prefer if that's what matters to you.
0: Well, and then I I go a little deeper. I would probably put Kaiser as my number two with the big caveat that I don't have anybody as a guy who I would want to spend a first round pick on except maybe Watson. Because, you know, the thing that sticks with me about Kaiser is that hurricane game, not the Miami Hurricanes, the game that they played in a hurricane last year. The game against NC State. Yeah. Yeah. Where it just he didn't want to run. Kelly, you know, didn't really seem that Didn't comfortable with him
1: and no, no. I, I mean, uh, kaiser's an interesting one to me because, uh, you know, you know, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I've watched a lot of him and, and I watched his freshman year, his redshirt freshman year in, in 2015. And, you know, he steps in when he was really supposed to be the number three quarterback in, in the spring goals and transfers here, gets hurt in week two. He steps into a team that's supposed to be really good and they don't miss a beat. And, and they were they were two plays away from going undefeated, one play away from getting into the playoff. I mean, if they had beaten Stanford, Stanford misses that kick at the end of the game. Um, they are finish 11-1, and probably in the playoff. Um, so he was coming off a great year. And then this year, it was just one of those years for Notre Dame where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I, I personally, you know, he, he holds some of the blame because he didn't play well in some of the close games that they had, especially late but you got to you know there's other things to blame for their 4 and 8 record i don't put that all on him he's not absolved it but certainly a, a leaky defense and i think really some, some poor coaching uh, contributed to that a whole lot more than he did
0: that sounds fair but uh, i mean you know so where do you how do you rank him in this group of 5
1: I, I, you know i would probably have him 4 because I just think he is the guy who might take the longest. I think he is is uh, he's going to take a while to be ready. If you could draft him on the Aaron Rodgers plan, um, let's say you're a team like the Cardinals, like the Giants, like Steelers, um, like Chargers. You know, any of those teams that have quarterbacks who are mid thirties, they're probably not going to be in the league for a long time, but they might have three or four more years, something like that. Then I think he might be a fine because if you could bring him along slowly, I think he'd be really good. But if you draft him and you're the Cleveland Browns or the New York Jets or somebody like that, and you're going to end up throwing him into the fire next year, I think he's going to struggle.
0: I think that's fair. So then where do you put Mahomes and Trubisky? Because I assume Davis Webb is your fifth, unless you and I just is, completely disagree. Yeah,
1: No, no, no. He, he's, yeah, he would be five of those five. Um, I, I mean, to me, I guess I have Watson one and Webb five, and then the two, three, four are kind of, you know, throw them in a hat and any order they come out wouldn't necessarily bother me. If you drafted Kaiser before Mahomes and Trubisky, I don't think that's a terrible decision, Um, I would probably have Trubisky, too, sort of just buying into, you know, the things you hear about how he can translate to a pro-style offense. You know, I liked Mahomes a lot. And, and, you know, the beauty of our podcast now is people can actually go back and hear me fawn over Patrick Mahomes in August when I picked Texas Tech to win the Big 12 and when I thought they were going to be a really tough opponent for ASU. You know, he didn't. He didn't have the year I expected. They didn't have the year I expected. I should say, but again, terrible defense and really just nothing around him. So I like him, but a big transition from an offense like that to playing in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I'm buying into Trubisky a little bit, but yeah, I don't. I, I, I mean warm on him.
1: Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it's been that way, and I think you're kind of the same thing, like. Neither of us have seen enough of him to say we love him, but I haven't seen enough of him to say, oh, I don't think that's going to be any good. Like, like you know, Jared Goff, I didn't think he was going to be terrible, but we saw enough of Jared Goff for three years to say, boy, I'm not sure that he's going to be as good as everyone thinks. Trubisky just, to me, feels like an unknown in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, he started one year, and North Carolina wasn't really a high-profile team, so I just didn't see him play enough.
0: Let's be objective, generic team. Would you rather take Trubisky in the top 15, which I think you would have to do. Yeah, I think so too. Or take Josh Dobbs on day three.
1: (laughs) I mean, Dobbs is an interesting one because, uh, you know, as we were going to get into the guys who are the lower tier, he's, he's probably the only guy that I would say I'm intrigued by. There's not a there's not a Dak Prescott in my mind this year, and and uh, you know you could, you could testify on my behalf that even if we didn't record these back then. I did the like Dak Prescott as my lookier quarterback last year, um, and that worked out great. There's not one this year that jumps off. Dobbs is the guy who would have uh, the most. Um, I probably take Trubisky though in that scenario uh, because I just think there's a, there's a much better potential. I don't, I, you know. I don't see a guy outside of these five that will long-term grow into a really good starter. I just don't expect that. Now, somebody could surprise, but there's somebody I'm willing to bank on.
0: I mean, if we're going to go cross-sport, if you're taking Davis Webb, you've got to hope for a Malcolm Brogdon-like career trajectory. Because he's older, he's a fifth-year senior, uh, or is
1: he sixth? Fifth. At least fifth, I think. Yeah, yeah, because um, he's up the year as a transfer.
0: Yeah, and so you've got Webb as a fifth-year senior. He's older than the rest of these guys. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes beat him out for that Texas Tech job, right. and then he went to right. Cal and got his coach fired. So
1: right, yeah, you know, right. yeah, they had a losing season. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting this year because you, you know, you only of these five, you only have one senior, and that senior. Really was you know, only probably has less than twenty career starts. I would guess maybe maybe a little more than that. Um, you know, you and and you don't have a single one of these guys who comes from really anything resembling a pro style offense. I mean, and, and that's what we're going to see more and more. Colleges very few run pro style offenses now. There's there's still a handful that do, but not many. Um, and and so you're trying to project. You know, can Deshaun Watson? Can Deshaun Kaiser? Can Mitch Trubisky? Can they? Can they make the transition? It's hard. I mean, that's why that's why coaches get paid the big bucks because they and and the GMs do too because they have to decide. And a guy who you know has never called a play that maybe is more than you know a couple of numbers and been in a huddle can he do that in the NFL? Because guys aren't doing it in college now. Uh, very much, and and that's a it's a big adjustment. We saw it you know unfold really in front of our eyes with Jared Goff last year on hard knocks and the struggle he had to figure that out.
0: I was just going to bring that up because you see the veteran quarterback going through the signals, yeah. working with his wife on the signals, right. And then you see Goff and it, it's a bad edit for him, but they make it look like he shows yeah. up, tries to memorize it all 30 seconds. Like he's cramming before a test yes. uh, and yes. then I mean, can't do it and lose and loses out hard. on the starting job. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, it, it's difficult. It's like learning a new language. I mean, I, you know, I'm a football fan for a long time, so have you. And, and yet, I think we stepped into a room with NFL playbooks. It would be like we were stepping into a room full of people speaking German. We wouldn't know what they're talking about. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a totally different thing. And colleges are not teaching these concepts like they used to. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. It is what it is. You know, like college coaches are there to win college games. They're not there to prepare guys for the NFL. And these offenses, they work in college. I mean, they're, that's why they're all over the place. But they don't really prepare a quarterback or other – you know, when you talk about offensive line, it's the same problem. Guys are just not as prepared coming in as, as maybe they used to.
0: Yeah, that's why you draft linemen from Wisconsin and Alabama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's tough. You know, Wisconsin's one of those rare teams, so Stanford – you know, USC to an extent, I mean, there's there's not any who, you know, get in a huddle and and put their quarterback under center and run eye formation. You just don't see that much in college now. It's shotgun, it's hurry up, it's, you know, 100, 110 snaps a game. Uh, you know, very simple route concepts and, and, you know, option plays and things. Those just don't exist in the NFL nearly the way they do in college. You see some elements of it, but not like it is in college.
0: Is there anyone in this draft who you would rather have than Sam Darnold?
1: Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, at this point, now with another year of Darnold, if he has another great year, I might think he rates as a better prospect. But to me, to me, Watson is on the level of a of a Jameis Winston or an Andrew Luck, um, and and he's really the only thing he's missing to me is physicality. You know, he's not six five. 230 like those guys are um but he's not he's not small he's not 510 i mean you know, he's uh, kind of a,
0: I'll, I'll tell you this he, according to espn deshaun watson's listed at six two and a half 221 and trubisky's six two and an eighth 222 yeah
1: yeah yeah and i'm sure those are those are combine measurements so i mean you know it's not like you're, you're taking the you know college measurements where you can never trust if they're accurate
0: yeah um, well i mean they've got buddha baker know, as under 510 so it's got to be yeah, the official measurements yeah
1: so I mean, I, you know, I think he's big enough. Um, you know, is is he? Uh, certainly no, he's not Cam Newton. I, you know, I mean, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to call you know, direct running plays for him. And he did that in college. And he's gonna have to adjust. And he's gonna have to adjust to a different kind of offense. But yeah, if I could get him, I would take him. Now, you know, I, I will tell you, like I said, so much. I think, I think for ninety percent of these quarterbacks that come out such as dependent on where they end up organizational stability, coaching stat, teammates. Um, you know, some guys are good enough to overcome it, but not many. And, and look at a guy like Andrew Luck, probably the surest thing we've had in the last, you know, 10 years has been a bit undermined by the fact he's been with a bad organization that has not surrounded him with a good offensive line or a good defense. He's been beat up. Um, and they haven't, they haven't taken the steps that would have expected. So, you got to have the team around you. Uh, If Deshaun Watson goes to the Jets, I don't love his chances. I really don't. I think the Jets are a black hole right now. Um, But if he could go to, you know, Houston, I don't know if he'd last that long, but, you know, or if he could go to maybe Jacksonville, I've heard that suggested. uh, I think that'd be a good spot for him, and he'd do well there.
0: I think that's fair. I mean, the Jets in Cleveland are just disasters if you're a quarterback. They are.
1: They are. And, and it's funny. Though, on Dan Patrick this morning, one of the guys presented the question, if you were for Mitch Trubisky, because, you know, the, the rumor du jour is that if he falls to six, the Jets are snapping him up. So if the Browns want, they're going to have to trade up from 12, probably to either four or five to try to get him. Um, would you, you know, where would you rather go? I would say the Browns. I think the Browns have, and this is hard to say in, in association with the Browns, but the Browns have to me, what feels like more stability. They spent money on their offensive line. They have yeah. one of the best offensive tackles of the last decade in Joe Thomas. And they signed some guys and they re-signed Joel Betonio, who's a good guard. Um, so they should be able to protect the guy. They have an offensive coach who's, who's worked wonders with quarterbacks in the past. Um, I would rather go Browns. I think the jets are in real trouble. They're, they're, you know, I like Todd Bowles, um, but I think he's going to get fired after this year. And so if you go there, you're going to be starting over in year two. That's not a great recipe for it, especially a quarterback like him who is raw, like almost all these guys are. They, they don't have a lot of seasoning. So going and having to restart in year two would not be good.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely think that you'd rather be a Browns quarterback than a Jets quarterback right now. I mean, the Jets let Brandon <laughs> Marshall walk. Uh, the Browns, meanwhile, are, are adding protection, you know, if they can turn, if they can turn up the run game. I mean, here's the nice thing. If you're the Browns quarterback and you're a rookie here, if I'm the quarterback's coach in the room first day, what I say is if you get in trouble and you don't know where to go roll towards Joe Thomas.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the biggest factors for a quarterback, we, you know, we get seduced by, does the team have a great running back? Do they have great receivers? But I think young quarterback is so dependent on being able to be protected. I mean, David Carr is the ultimate example of that. This, as talented a quarterback as there's been, probably, he just they couldn't protect him, and he got beat up, and he never recovered. And and so, uh, you know, if you if you got a line which they've invested heavily in an offensive line this offseason, uh, I think that helps you. And and so you know, it's hard to it's hard to ever say you know, given their history that you know boy you'd rather go to the Cleveland Browns but I would if I if I had to choose yeah I'd rather be with the Browns and the Jets
0: yeah I think that's right Um, so
1: it'll be interesting I mean uh, you know I'm uh, I'm curious where where guys fall I think you could see you know four guys go top 15 or maybe only one Um, it'll it'll be an interesting Thursday night to see how it develops I think
0: you're staring down the barrel of a possible Aaron Rodgers type situation where you're expecting all uh, at least a couple guys to go early and one will go very early and then you'll just wait and wait and yeah. wait. Yeah. Because there are a lot of other talented players. I mean, we haven't even talked about the other questions about Jabril Peppers and what do you do with him because he's right. 5'10 but he, you know, could, you know, he's his game is a linebacker game, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's considered a very deep draft on defense. You know, deep in the secondary, deep on the defensive line. Uh, not a not a great offensive line draft, it doesn't appear. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it'll be interesting because you've got, you've got teams that we've talked about, like the Browns and the Jets and the 49ers, and, you know, that need a quarterback. They don't have one for the future. But then you've got this batch of teams, like I mentioned, that have their starting quarterback in place, but older, Um, you know, you could throw the saints in that mix. Well, um, you don't know how many more years you've got of these guys. So do you take a chance? Because like we're talking about, all these guys seem raw. They seem like they need maybe a year or two of seasoning. Perfect opportunity to maybe grab somebody. And by, you know, 2019, they're your starter and they're ready to go.
0: Yeah. It's going to be an interesting class. I I will say – The thing I'm most intrigued about is the receivers. If Juju Smith-Schuster falls to day two to the Packers, I I will be the happiest boy (laughs) on the planet because that guy's good. Let
1: me ask you, in relation to the Packers, I hear today a mention of Joe Mixon in the first round. What would your thoughts be on
0: Well, there's a culture and an attitude of the Packers and of their fans that if you're in Green Bay – you won't get into trouble. They've taken yeah. on troubled players, guys with history. You know, they had Andre Risen in the Super Bowl 31 right. year. They had Corrin Robinson after his multiple DUIs, which you would think is True. not a great fit for Wisconsin. But he stayed out of trouble. And there's a belief yeah. that the system and the culture will keep guys like this out of trouble. I think the fan base will lose its mind collectively. Really? And you will have this argument between the, the people who are like, well, he's the most talented running back available and it'll be good and people who will say, how can this team that has such a, you know, sense of community in it take yeah. somebody like this and, and, and sort of look the other way on the video. Now, Yeah, you know, you come to the question of do you rehab the image enough can you do the right things and make the PR tour? I personally don't think Mixon has done that yet. But I think. I don't either. I think that you will see on Thursday the Joe Mixon Mea Culpa tour on the draft day. <laughs> because
1: he. Maybe so. Yeah.
0: I think he knows and I think they know, whoever drafts him, that he hasn't done enough yet. And, and they're going to have him sit down and do the NFL Network interview. Then they will have him yeah. sit down and do the ESPN interview. And he will apologize and he will. Because you can't caveat your apology. His apology needs to no. be, whether it was on video or not, it never should have happened. I, I don't – I'm not apologizing because I got caught. I'm apologizing because what I did was horrible. Yeah. And if he gets yeah. the right message out, which I think is going to come down to his agent, I think he can save it. Personally, do I want the Packers to take him? I think he would help the team win. I, I would yeah. like the Packers to go defense, but if they have a talented offensive player available – they need a running no. back. I, you know, I loved what Ty Montgomery did last year, but he is a, you know, change of pace back, <laughs> not mm-hmm. not your twenty carries a right. game type rusher. Right. So I would not hate it as a as a football pick. I think it's great, and I would struggle sure. with the idea of it makes so much sense for the team and so little sense for an organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's an interesting. Candidate And I, I agree with you. I don't I don't think he's um, pushed the right buttons in, from a PR standpoint yet. Um, I listened to him on Dan Patrick maybe a month or so ago, right around the time of the combine. And he came off as a guy who was apologizing because he was told to, but not but but almost like, you know, all right, you know, what's on from this? Why am I still talk about it? That's not the tack you can take. It's just not. Um, this is going to follow him forever. It's, it's like Michael Vick. It's much like Ray Wright. Um, he is going to have to be apologetic for this, not only this week and next, but the next 10 years of his career, if it lasts that long. Um, and and you can, you can rehab your image if you do that, but you can't ever seem like, uh, this really wasn't that big a deal. Why am I talking about it? And that to me is how he came off.
0: Uh, I'll say this: Jameis Winston's mea culpa about stealing crab legs, which is more funny yes. than anything, was more yes. sincere than anything I've heard from Joe Mixon so far.
1: Yes, yes. Now he's a young kid. You know, he's. I mean, uh, maybe he will mature. I mean, we're you know comparing him to Michael Vick and Ray Rice. We're, we're com- I'm comparing him to guys were, you know, in their thirties by the time they had to to you know make their public apology. That's that's a different situation. Well,
0: but the thing is, you um, you raise an interesting point there. Because this is a guy who made a big mistake and got caught early, and yeah. the best example I can think of of a first-round running back who did a horrible thing and got an assault against a female student at his school is yeah. Lawrence Phillips. And yep, yep,
1: yep, and that it went the around. complete other way. You know, it did not turn around at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a big risk. He really is. And uh, you know, it's it's a uh, you know it's an interesting running back class. Um, I, I think everybody would would agree that, you know, you'd you'd, uh, you'd love to have the chance. I'm sure you know, from the Packer perspective, you know, if Christian McCaffrey is still there, I would assume you'd, you know, you'd take him just because, it, you you know, you eliminate the headaches. You eliminate the wonder and the questions and the controversy and all of that. Now, McCaffrey's stock has seemed to rise to the point where he's, you know, maybe a, a top 15 pick. Um, but, you know, it's a good class of backs with Fournette, McCaffrey, Dalvin, Oak, who I really like. I think he dropped for some reason, and I don't know why. Um, And yet some people will tell you Mixon is is as talented or talented than the three of them. I don't know if i buy that, but there are those who have said it, and, and, you know, um, the baggage obviously comes into play. and It'll be interesting to see how much it comes into play.
0: I mean, this is the sort of pick where you would just assume that an organization like the Steelers would take him off the board. They just would not do it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and realistically, I would think that the Packers and the Bears would be that kind of organization too. Yeah. What What I'm hoping doesn't happen is that I'm hoping the choice doesn't get put to them. I'm hoping that he's either off the board or something else <laughs> happens that prevents them from making the pick.
1: They could t- yeah, um, he, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I thought McCaffrey would be a great fit for them You know, since the draft time kind of got underway when the season ended. I, you know, the way his ability to catch passes... Um, you know, with a quarterback like Rodgers, I think that'd be a dream, but I don't know if he's going to last that long.
0: I mean, I, I think that Mixon is my number one candidate this year for a Laramie Tunsil. Hour before the draft, something new bad happens to him.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I I read this morning that you know there's an allegation that he you know he hit a girl in high school. And he was never charged, but you know, dad says he did, and they you know they. Brushed it under the rug. So, yeah, I mean, you know, people are digging and, and they're looking and, and trying to find anything again. And uh you know, the 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 floor for him is undrafted. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't rule that out. If something else comes out, he could go undrafted. But he could go in the first round. You know, there's there's possibility that a team like Green Bay, New Orleans, or somebody at the end of the first round thinks. You know, we'll take a chance on this guy. It's it's got to be a team with a with a strong fan base, I think. And the Packers fit that. Saints fit that. Um, it can't be a you know can't be a Jacksonville or a Tampa Bay or some you know somebody where the fans are kind of fickle. I don't I don't see that working. It needs to be a team where the fans are loyal, diehards, and and they're willing to say, okay, we'll forgive this guy and you know bring him into the fold and. Um, you know, hope that the organization uh, is is sort enough to know what they're doing.
0: I predict that you will not see that jersey be sold by the NFL on the day after he gets drafted.
1: <laughs> yeah, you might not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be a, a, a definite, you know, subplot to follow. It, you know, especially if he does last into day two. Um, you know, and again, I really think there's still that possibility if if something else comes out about him or something like that, that teams just go running. And and it ends up like the kid from LSU a couple of years ago, you know, who whose, you know, girlfriend got murdered, you know, a week before the draft. And, you know, apparently as time has passed, he didn't have anything to do with it. But there was a huge, you know, worry that he was involved and he ends up going undrafted and, you know, the Cowboys got him as a free agent. Um, that, that potential exists, I think, with him.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. There's, you know, there's a lot that's going to happen and we'll break down the draft. uh, You know, as it's going, you'll get to hear our thoughts and our feelings and we'll express them. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm hoping again this year that ASU won't draft or have a player drafted by the Packers because I don't think there's somebody coming out from ASU who I want on the Packers.
1: I think there is. I mean, um, Zane, is it? Yeah, I was gonna say I think Zane might be the only one who gets drafted, right? Am I forgetting somebody?
0: No, I think it's Zane to the Browns or the or the Bengals. I, I see Zane yeah. in Ohio. That's what I see.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know I'm, I, I'm I'm struggling to come up with anybody who who I think could get drafted. I know you know last year we had. What Lucian went late and did Foster get drafted or was he a free agent? I can't remember.
0: I think he was a free he agent. Was late.
1: I mean, I think I thought so too.
0: I think this year your non kicker chance is Tim white. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who could at least get a, you know, a free agent contract somewhere. I'm sure. Um, yeah. You know, it's tough, but obviously, you know, when you're coming off five and seven, um, it kind of makes sense. Now, you know, as we said, couple of the potential first round quarterbacks are coming off four and eight, five and one, which is unusual. Don't see that a lot. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of an unusual year for the quarterbacks. There's not a, there's not, you know, really any blue chippers, I guess, but some interesting ones.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think next year, if you're looking ahead at ASU and, and we'll use this to pivot into the spring game because yeah. we have no sponsor to, to right, you know, right. pay for our pivot, Dave, looking at you. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I would think that maybe one of the linebackers, uh, Calhoun yeah. or Sam, or or Tashawn Smallwood. I would look at the defensive side of the ball because Nikhil Harry's not coming out.
1: No, no. And I mean, and, and the and running backs, I just the, don't
0: see it. Maybe Kalen Bellage uh, has I mean, a huge year.
1: Bellage is Balazs is interesting just because his size and speed. I, you know, I could see him being a guy who goes to the combine and you know it kind of jumps off because he's a he's a big guy but he can you know he's maybe one of the fast guys on the team uh, you know I, I could see him being a guy who who kind of gets drafted higher than you'd expect based on his college career um uh, you know because that there might be a team who falls in love with that combination richard i don't know you know richard uh, he's he's so compact and as such a physical runner and having four years of carries on him is gonna gonna probably make it tough
0: yeah um on the de- on the defensive side of the ball for ASU, I-, I saw uh Jeff Metcalf did his projected um his projected depth chart, but it doesn't include yeah. anybody who who was not participating, which means uh no Alex Perry at corner. Right. You know, if if Dasmond and Jamarcus Rhodes and Maurice Chandler are guys who we're expecting to be key contributors in the two deep the secondary is yeah. going to have some problems.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the biggest adjustment I think that we can get is is coaching, and we do have a new coaching approach, obviously. So we have to find a way to put guys in position to be successful. We didn't do that last year. Um, I, you know, I don't. I'm not saying that we've got you know the makings of a of a, you know a bunch of first round picks on our defense, but. We didn't put our guys in the best positions last year. And and so I don't care how good they are or how not good they are. That's tough, you know, and, and so that's the biggest thing for me I'm looking for is, you know, yeah, I'm hoping there's an influx from some of the freshmen and stuff like that that will play. Um, but we just got to find a way to adapt to our talent. Uh, you know, Jamarcus Rhodes and Maurice Chandler. Yes, JUCO rankings are hard, but they were both pretty highly touted JUCO players. So find a way to use them correctly. Uh, You know, I mean, I guess that's my thought on it is, you know, there was talent there when you signed them, So find a way to maximize that talent.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I hope that the first thing we did is we took out the play where we only leave one defender for half a field. That's
1: yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, exactly what I mean by not putting guys in position to be successful. Uh, We were out schemed a lot of times. And, and yes, you know, look, we play in a conference with a lot of good offenses, you know, as we talk about quarterbacks and, and look at, you know, look ahead to next year. I mean, it's not it's not crazy to think that maybe as many as four of the Pac-12 quarterbacks would be, you know, first or second round prospects when you talk Browning, Falk, Darnold and Rosen. Um, and, and so you're you're playing good offenses week in and week out. You're not going to, you know, dominate them. But. You have to be more successful than what we've been. You know, I was I was thinking as I thought about Notre Dame and said how bad their defense was, I would say that was the worst defense I saw in college football last year except I saw ASU's, so they weren't.
0: Well, and the thing is, I hope that we do one of two things. Either crank the aggressiveness way up so that we force more yeah. turnovers or become more conservative and force teams to take 10, 12, Fifteen play drags yeah. to beat us, but we yeah. can't be—we yeah. can't both be aggr- moderately aggressive and not first turnovers.
1: No, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I mean, um, that's the biggest difference. I, I, you know, I would I would say without the numbers in front of me, but you know, the biggest difference when you talk the last two years compared to two years prior is ability to turnovers and get sacks. Well, you know, those two things we we were really good at in 2013 and 2014. Um, we weren't a dominant defense. We gave up points. We gave up big plays. I mean, we we used to joke about, you know, oh yeah, you know, you're probably going to give up a 50 yard touchdown, but you know, you you could count on a couple interceptions, a sack, fumble, uh, you know, something like that to to you know end a possession. We haven't been getting those nearly enough in the last two years, and as a result, you know, teams just just killing us.
0: The other thing that I thought was interesting from Metcalf's preview is you know, he made it appear that there was still no separation between Wilkins and Barnett. And now I I don't know that I agree but because I think if you go by the public facing statements made by the mm-hmm. Sun Devil coaching staff, it's Manny Wilkins in the driver's seat still. But I was gonna
1: say, I mean the the fun the thing <laughs> is that, you know, Wilkins has the lead at this point, yeah.
0: But you have to wonder, is this the the same Nikhil Harry move that we talked about last time where, look, we we all know he's good and we're just not going to say it to you. Sure. Um, Certainly
1: could be. Yeah. I mean, it it certainly could be one of those. uh, of, Hey, you know, Wilkins ended the season as a starter there where he goes in with the lead. um, And we don't want to you know, we don't want to pump up the new kid too much before he's done enough to earn it. Very, very possible that that's what it is. Um, I think you and I have agreed from the start that they didn't bring in Blake Barnett to be a backup. You know, when you when you go out and you have a quarterback like that on the transfer market, you know, uh, you're, you're not bringing him in with the thought of, oh, yeah, he'll make a, a nice number two. You're, you're bringing him in to start. But if Manny has, has taken a step forward that we hear he's taken, you know, uh, maybe he can upset the apple cart.
0: Is it possible Barnett leaves the program
1: before the start of uh, classes? (laughs) I mean, with quarterbacks, you never say never. I mean, we've we've seen – we've been involved with, you know, some quarterbacks. Um, I'm blanking on the kid's name, but he was a commit here, and I think he ended up at like four different – Pete Thomas. Was that his name? Pete Thomas. Who, you know, he was here. You know, he never made it here. Committed here, then – changed his mind i think went to colorado state then went somewhere else finished at nc state i believe uh, i mean he was at like if you counted the commits uh, he was at least four different schools um you know gunner keel is another one that comes to mind i think was associated with like five different schools by the time it was done so uh no you never say never i mean i, I would be surprised i still think you know if you asked me today to put you know twenty dollars on the line who's going to start on opening day i'd still pick blake barnett
0: I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if I'd say he'd start game one, but if you ask me who takes the first snap of that, uh, of that first conference game, I think it's. Yeah. Guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, again, if uh, I've said this to you over the years, when we've talked about quarterback battles and, you know, you kind of have a guy you want to win, but bottom line is pick the guy who can win. And if, and, and, you know, Andy Wilkins did have a good first month last year. You and I, disgusted after the Cal game and I remember telling you I think I think Manny has claimed this job and he got hurt and he probably came back sooner than he should have and he didn't play as well but but it's a, it's a decent possibility he just wasn't healthy um, if Brady white doesn't get hurt perhaps Manny sits out another couple weeks and he looks different when he comes back um, who knows you know it's hard to say but uh, you know if, if Manny's good enough to win then By all means, I'll support him. You know, I I think we expect Barnett to be the guy based on his pedigree. But, you know, Taylor Kelly didn't have any pedigree, and he was pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting moving forward with what they're going to do because the point that you've made a number of times, and I think it's well taken, is that Todd Graham doesn't have the luxury of picking the less good quarterback to boost him up and let him improve you know
1: right right it's it's a it's a put up or shut up year for Todd Graham I mean I, I you know there were a lot of people there still are a lot of people who think he should have gotten fired after last year I'm not one I'm pretty sure you haven't changed your mind and you're not one either um, but but I think everybody agrees that if he doesn't produce a good season I'm not saying he's got 11 games but uh, another 5 or 6 win season he will not get a 2018
0: he can't miss a bowl if he misses a no. bowl, that's it.
1: No, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he needs to he needs to have a good season. He needs to win, you know, eight games at least and that that could count a bowl victory potentially. Um, you know, at least something to show, hey, we're back on the track. You know, he doesn't have to take the big step this year, but he, you know, he yeah, another another under 500 season missing a bowl game will pretty much guarantee his ticket out of town. So, yeah, he's got to play the best guy, and if Manny Wilkins the best guy in the fall, then you got to play him. And and you know, that, again, is there a possibility that Blake Barnett ever, you know, even dresses for a regular season game at ASU? Yeah, probably. I don't think so, but but it's it's a possibility.
0: You can't rule it out.
1: No, no. I mean, it, it it's it's bizarre to me, honestly, that nobody has left it that we are, you know, out of spring practice and we have six scholarship quarterbacks on the roster is unbelievable. Um, And I I keep waiting for, you know, the shoe to drop on somebody, and it hasn't. It's going to be real hard to get six quarterbacks enough reps in the fall if they're all able to play, and there's a chance they will be health-wise. I mean, Brady White, I think, potentially could be ready by then. Bryce Perkins could be too. Uh, So I don't know where this goes. It's kind of hard to see how it straightens itself out.
0: Here's why I think we haven't seen somebody leave. I think that Brady White is real hurt. Like I I think that this is a I think this is something where he's not going to be game healthy. Not not game ready, game healthy. Yeah. Until we're into the conference season. So I think this is a loss here and we're looking for a medical red shirt. I I think that I think Bryce Perkins is done. And now we're down to four guys, including a true right. freshman who's redshirting and a true sophomore who we're trying to yeah. also sneak a yeah. redshirt on.
1: Yeah, and that, that is a more logical scenario. Then you've got, you know, you've got your two guys who can play, You let them battle for the job. You know, hopefully you have a backup, regardless of who wins the job, you have a backup you can trust. And yeah, you tried to redshirt the two young guys. And bring them along, you know, to be, you know, one of them is your is your future guy probably starting in, you know, the 19 season is your hope. Um, that makes sense. And if it works out that way, uh, you know, we're in good shape.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about the NFL draft as we cycle before and after. We're yes. going to talk NBA playoffs. Matt, your hockey projection of the Blackhawks looks terrible.
1: Not good. Not good at all. At least they finally scored a goal in game three. That was something. But yeah, yeah, no, I I, didn't realize they were going to employ the strategy of trying to win a playoff series without scoring. Uh, had I known that, I would not have picked them.
0: It's weird because the Boston Celtics are employing a similar strategy against the Bulls <laughs> right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Not a, not a good pick. Wish I hadn't said that on the record, but I did. So it's
0: fine. And when you don't know, I mean, like next time, you know, there's a big golf tournament, I won't even know it's coming. Just right. ask me right before who I think will win and it'll be unfair right. and, and pick your pick first. So I, you know, you'll take away one of the That's three true. names That's I've true. ever heard yeah, of. I,
1: I couldn't take the Penguins because you picked them. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I was going to take the Blackhawks either way. You know what? Uh, just wait. Just Wait till they come back from 0-3 down to win this series and they go on and win the cup. And I'm going to laugh at you.
0: Yeah, then we'll figure out a way to pull this uh, audio clip out so no one can ever find it again,
1: and it'll That's right, yes. All
0: right, well, until next time, if you're in Tempe, eat at Dave's Doghouse. They haven't paid us. They're yes. just awesome. Uh, yes. And yes. if you aren't in Tempe, just keep listening, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, maybe even tell your coworkers. He's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the <laughs> Ben and Matt Sportscast.